Oh, man. Welcome back. Part two of the U.S. dollar shortage. And um, this is L.A. Echo here. We want to follow up on this subject matter that we were talking about before, about the issues with uh, the U.S. dollar getting stronger, um, our lack of exports, um, and then our tightening of monetary policy uh, to the tune of $10 billion within the Treasury markets all across the yield curve, uh, particularly just meaning that they're cutting down on how much uh, quantitative easing they're putting into the economy um, right through the Treasury markets directly. In this episode, what we're really honing in on is that uh, speculators are all in on yields and actually high rising yields, excuse me, um, with uh, rising inflation, excuse me. And I'm sorry that this sounds a little jumbled. I'm just trying to make sure I deliver the message in the most clearest way possible. So let's just get it down the brass tacks. Here's the thesis. You see, most speculators are thinking that uh, there's growth in the economy due to uh, high vaccine rates, people going back to work, and then that growth uh, coupled with inflation should continue to rise their asset prices. Obviously, if you're having growth in markets, you are going to have inflation in your asset prices, but couple that with um, all that quantitative easing that was put into markets, it would make you feel safe and think that markets are going to continue to run. There's a lot of a bull market here. Particularly where I have a big objection to this whole thing is that historically, um, when you have rising treasury yields and inflation while you're tightening the US dollar, uh, you are going to reach a rejection point. And one of the main reasons you're reaching the rejection point is because it doesn't particularly go um, in such a smooth way. Most people think that if we have uh, rising inflation and rising yields, we are in a great spot. So that's not the case. Um, this is to go further and peel layers back and show you likely what most speculators are thinking, though they may not be able to articulate it in the technical aspect. Uh, this is how we at the fund would think about it and what would make us continue our short position because I can understand it from the technical aspect. Um, just you know, further confirming that uh, the person going long in the market and continuously going long and continuously buying the dip is doing so because they're completely unaware that uh, that that long position uh, is going to reach a rejection point, which I often call uh, where consumers can't afford it. And, you know, things start to pull back because you'll have now oversupply uh, as well as the inability to borrow, etc. I know that to some people that could sound like we've talked about this already, but the point is, is to show it to you technically so you can see it in real data numbers, just not by quotations that are coming from me. And then this is just further confirms my whole point of, from a clarity standpoint. So let's really dig a little deeper here and understand what we're talking about. So we already know what bonds are because we know bonds are promissory notes um, and especially treasury bonds run all the gamut of one year two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, et cetera. Uh, bonds serve as a proxy for, uh, treasury bonds specifically serve as a proxy for what lending would be um, within different maturities in time. Like let's say you have a 15 year mortgage, a 30 year mortgage, et cetera. 
this is why they matter as well as they are used to finance um, the finance debt for the country, uh, selling that to sovereign nations as well as to individual investors. So we know bonds, promissory notes for future dated payment. Uh, but what we're speaking about here specifically is yields. And if you remember when we spoken before, um, bonds and yields work in inverse relationship to each other, meaning if a bond price is down, the yield goes up. If the, if the bond price is up, the yield goes down. So if we're talking about rising yields with rising inflation, what we're simply articulating is that we're running into a particular situation that uh, bond prices continue to go down, pushing yield up and pushing inflation. Well, not pushing inflation up. Inflation is already up because due to quantitative easing. Then you couple that with a tightening of the U.S. dollar uh, by pulling back quantitative easing, and you're showing that people are either choosing to have um, take more risk off the table, put more risk on the table. Speculators are choosing to put more risk on the table. They're feeling that this is completely fine because the stock market keeps running up. However, if yields are going up, which means people are selling their uh, bonds, you now have to start thinking about what is causing it. Now, I'm not sitting here to, to, to contradict myself to say that, hey, yields are going up, inflation is going up, the market immediately crashes. It's why yields are going up and why inflation is going up. So we already understand inflation is up because of assets. But let's say, why do yields rise? Uh, so yields are rising because there's hopes of an economic recovery. Like I was saying before, vaccine numbers are high. Uh, rising inflation pushes bond prices lower, therefore making people run into equities, right? Now, there's two or th there's actually three things that would make people choose to continue to invest in a market where yields are going up. And those three things would be... Um, a shift towards riskier assets because there's, you, you'll make more money in a day than buying that 10-year treasury bond, that five-year treasury bond, et cetera, even the 30-year treasury bond. Uh, then you have a situation of growth and you have a situation of inflation. So those are three things that are going to um, have yields up while inflation's up. But we already know speculative assets are just what people are going in and have been going in since before yields were going up because of the quantitative easing. But the second part where we're talking about growth, I don't agree with because we are not having growth in our economy. And in September, you were seeing, uh, well, we are having some growth, but as you saw in the previous episode, GDP is nowhere near close to what it needs to be and it has fallen off a cliff dramatically. Furthermore, you have a, a situation where you're talking about growth and um, you can't get people to stay in their jobs or not quit um, as long as, as well as you can see that from a growth standpoint, uh, consumer sentiment is down, as I was saying before. Or actually, I wasn't saying consumer sentiment was down before, but consumer sentiment is at a 10-year low, right? So that means they're, they're, they're want to purchase things. So you also look at uh, the other aspect of growth in the sense that what are people um, out here choosing to to continue to buy more of? We, we see that there's so much demand and people aren't choosing to necessarily buy more of this uh, quote unquote demand that's out here. You keep seeing that the 10 year treasury um, 
has less buying with uh, less auctions. Uh, so there is not growth in the U.S. balance sheet necessarily. They're trying to cut that down. The infrastructure bill is looking to grow the U.S. balance sheet. But on the other hand, you have to have growth in wages and growth of employment to, set, to support that inflation. Again, this may sound like it's redundant, but it's not. You're now peeling back the layers of how it's happening from a technical aspect. The other part of why uh, yields rise is due to inflation. So um, yields rise and the growth is not strong enough. Uh, so there's a factor that that inflation cannot hold itself because the growth is not strong enough to support it. That growth would be things such as wages. So hopefully you understand that clearly. If not, listen to it again so you can get a clear understanding of why and how that is working. We also have a situation where we're speaking about the overnight repo, uh, meaning the two-year T-bills um, and one-year T-bills. There's a, there's a situation there due to the dollar shortage, uh, that dollar shortage, again, from what we have circulating in our economy. Most of our money is going back into the Chinese economy. Um, that shortage can only be replenished if, one, tighten, tightening the monetary policy, and two, uh, consumers choosing to uh, buy more in our economy uh, when those goods that are at port hit, you know, hit sea if they choose to do that, which I just don't see them choosing to do that because there is no growth and consumer sentiment is down. Um, you have the aspect of people still denying wanting to, uh, a flight to safety, at least the speculative investor because the return is terrible. If you look at a real rate of return, so let's say, you know, I think they said inflation was what, like 6% this year, uh, that would mean you would have had to have found a 6% paying bond, which uh, the conventional treasury bond doesn't have that. Most municipal bonds don't have that unless you know how to find them and they would be longer dated. There's corporate bonds that have that, but you pay tax on your corporate bonds. So after you pay your tax, with your uh, face value yield, you probably come down lower. So with that being said, people will tend to move that direction and start to say to themselves, why am I going to buy um, an asset that is, uh, you know, has a low return for a shorter, a low return for a longer amount of time. So, and I'll define to you why uh, someone would want to buy that asset with a lower return for a shorter amount of time. And it has more to do with the Fed withdrawing from the buying, you know, buying and quantitative easing. It's, it, it will cause more and more volatility within the stock market as you will see yields go up. Remember, every time the yields go up, you have a risk-off event where um, you start to see there's some selling pressure on the equity market because they're working in inverse relationship to each other. What fund managers hate the most fund managers institutions all these people that you know the meme crowd and retail investors and people on social media say that they don't know anything what they hate the most is volatility and every time there's a volatile there, there's more volatility in markets uh it makes it harder for an asset manager to uh to kind of predict direction and especially cash flows when companies and consumers are not putting out product nor spending as 
it's usually seen, hence why forward, forward guidance is very important. But the most important is that that volatility leads um, money managers to sell riskier assets. And when that selling is happening, what you've been seeing for the most part is that speculative retail investors have come in to uh, buy that selling pressure, which you would know as buying the dip. Um, Historically, again, as it's shown, when that selling pressure continues because of the volatility and because um, real data is coming out, you're not seeing the growth and people be, and these uh, asset managers, excuse me, become more and more aware that you have a situation where yields are high, uh, inflation is high. It's not based off of growth. Uh, they will tend to start taking that risk off. Their positions are far more sizable than the majority of retail. And retail is far weaker psychologically, so you will tend to see uh, the running thing where the markets continue to fall down with uh, a topping out of rising yields and rising inflation. There can be the presentation of that we're all going to hold and we're going to hold till infinity. However, that is generally not how the case works. Everyone has their own particular situations going on in their own lives, and you are mostly not going to know about what they choose to do. That concept of just holding while everyone holds has been the stupidest thing I've ever seen because prices go down because people sell. And you better believe the person you're selling to hold or that group, some of them, are selling. Uh, if they weren't selling, you wouldn't see the lawsuits that are currently happening now where people feel like they were bamboozled by not being told that particular people were selling or uh, the options were manipulated or the mar or the stock was manipulated. This is specifically in GameStop, GameStop and AMC. Uh, I just want to reiterate again, uh, the equity prices and the speculation um, is part of the issue, but it is not the issue that is going to get this strong pullback. You got to remember also, um, when we had the issue in 2008 with rising yields and um, and rising inflation, though there was not a Fed issue at that time or monetary policy issue, there was an issue of where people were not willing to take those, uh, buy those 30-year bonds anymore. And you know this to be true when the market had fallen apart and municipalities started issuing 8% bonds. They're called Build America bonds because you couldn't get people to buy 30-year paper. Municipalities usually issue 20 to 30-year uh, paper. And that in particular was to spur the interest in that paper because a high yield, a high inflation environment doesn't, doesn't lead people to put money out that long. To some people, this might sound very difficult to follow up on or follow the trend on, but you can also pay attention to the news. Uh, everything is not just because of asset prices ballooning that you run to asset prices. Uh, a lot of this has to do with, um, it, it actually, the, to me, the majority of it has to do with that the yields are rising and historically uh, yields rising with no growth and inflation rising with no growth spell that rejection. Uh, and that rejection usually cascades very aggressively. These are things I mean by systematic recessions as opposed to uh, global health crisis. Uh, I look forward to, for this playing out even more. As, as I've said prior, you can see it in the real data and the real data continues to catch up. I can say from a, uh, a cautious standpoint, I did see that those October um, employment and payroll numbers were better than expected, but the true 
test, as I've said it even prior to this, and I, and I stand by it, will be what happens in this fourth quarter. Um, as of right now, just my firm position uh, as, as recording this Friday, uh, November 19th, uh, has pretty much given back all its gains that it made after um, earnings call. And we should see if um, there is any guidance or any people paying attention to what the numbers are from uh, purchasing. Because again, consumer sentiment is low. Uh, I thank everyone for tuning in to another episode of Trade Talk. Uh, We're going to keep rocking and rolling here. I'm really excited about what is to come on the market. I think that uh, I have a pretty clear vision on what's going on. It is it's challenging to get everyone to to think like me, but that's not the point. Uh, the point is to beat everyone to the contrarian position uh, while funding that contrarian position with the trend that most people are taking and thinking is the safe bet. Uh, till next time, take care. LA Echo out.